Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Sandra. And I'm Gary. And together, we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we'll be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you'll love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends cocktail wise so let's hear what's on the show this week knock knock autumn calling which for us means taking the chill off with some deliciously warming drinks inspired by bonfire night on the 5th of november we crack open a bottle of stonin smoke whiskey and indulge in the creamy but non-dairy delights of black lines oatnog created to be sipped hot or cold Our bar review takes us to Manchester, where we hunker down at Stirling, the fabulous new offering from Joe and Dan Schofield, while our library pick this week is the cocktail edit, the gorgeous new book from Alice Lassels. Then it's over to a cocktail capital that always warms our hearts with its ace hospitality, Athens, where we chat to Thanos Pranaris of Babo Rum about all that the Greek capital has to offer ahead of this year's much-anticipated Athens Bar Show. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves a cocktail. Okay, in Blighty, we've just put the clocks back. It's getting colder, it's getting darker. More miserable. A little bit. Winter draws on. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Bonfire Night is coming up in a couple of days' time, although people don't really celebrate it as much No, it's really funny because we now here in Blighty, we celebrate Halloween more, which never used to be a thing, but we are adopting it as a a holiday, but that's just passed. But we've got something else to look forward to, as you say, Bonfire Night. Bonfire Night. So I was... My thoughts turn to warming drinks outside, you know, the chill of the ice on your cheeks, the glow of the fire, and you want a little warming inside, I Indeed. thought. So I thought, you know, as an alternative to all the usual things like mulled wine, nice though that can be, I thought of Benny, Benny and Hot. Mm, what's that, Ben? Well, it sounds like a sort of comedy double act, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Benny and Hot. I like that. Crime busting Who's Benny duo. and who's Hot out of this partnership? <laughs> but it's actually uh, Benedictine and Hot Water. And we always say, you know, we like doing simple drinks. And I don't think they come too much simpler than, than this. So mm. this is Benedictine, which is a particularly favourite ingredient of mine. I, you know, you find it in classic cocktails like the Vucare, and it, it can add a nice little twist to a Manhattan and things like that. What is it for somebody who do, doesn't know what Benedictine well, is? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. It's a herbal liqueur, right. and it's one of those ones, you know, these things, originally it was apparently created by a monk. Those monks, they they really did live, didn't they? They were always coming up with liqueurs. <laughs> they had to do something under in the guise of being good for you. Um, but yes, originally it was uh, created by a monk, vanished, and then it was rediscovered, this recipe. I think maybe, I'm guessing, about 150 years ago. Right. Like but actually, I'm glad you said that, because I think at some point we should do a proper thing on Benedictine yes, and taste it. Because there's it, a lot. There's a great backstory mm. there, which I would like to 
go into. But anyway, it's a herbal liqueur. It's really delicious. And as I say, Benny and Hot, which is the official term. And it's it's um actually a really popular drink. And I love this. It's really popular in, I think it's Burnley, because um, Benedictine was discovered by some soldiers during the First World War when they were in France. Then when they came back home and they returned to the north of England, they brought some with them. And it's still all really popular, Benedictine, hmm. in the north of England. What, um, in pubs? Or? Uh, no, there's something, I think it's called the Burnley Social Club. Oh, right. I think. Right, right, right. I'll have to check that. But I think it's the Burnley Social Club. And they, they import lots of it. And they really, I think they drink it at match days. And they have it with what I'm going to make. Benedictine hot water. Great. Let's try it. So, as I say, couldn't be simpler. So, actually, just Benedictine and hot water. I, well, and some lemon juice. Because, right, you know, okay. I, am, I am mixing up a drink here. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm just throwing it together, whatever you may be. So, I've got two lovely heat-resistant little yeah. glasses. So, I see what you mean about this being perfect for bonfire night, because it's something that... A, well, delicious for um, having outside and warming up, but really, really simple to serve. Yeah, yeah. It couldn't be easier. I know I keep saying that, but it really couldn't be easier. So I've measured out 60 ml of the Benedictine. That goes into our heat-proof glasses. And then I would advise, I think you can have it half and half. Some people find the Benedictine a little bit too sweet, too intense, and they up the water. But I would recommend starting with half and half and just because you can always put a little bit more water in, but you can't take it out, right? Mm. So I've put that in. I'm, I've got my kettle, which is just off the boil. So it's not not like when you make a cup of tea, it's got to be right off the boil. Right. This is just off the boil. So as I say, I'm doing exactly the same amount as I did at the Benedict. And, and is this one that you can adjust to your palate or something, or is this the recommended well, this the is, amount? I think the recommended one. But as I say, I think it is, it's really easy to adjust to your palate because you can, if you find it, as I say, it's, it's a little bit too sweet, just put a little bit more water in. But I would advise personally having a little taste of it. Yeah. Like also, you can put in a lemon wedge or a slice, but I think that looks a bit fancy for, you know, outside. So instead I'm just doing a little squeeze of lemon juice. And I think that's quite important because it does cut through the sweetness a little mm. bit of the Benedictine, give that a little stir. But if people wanted to add the, the lemon slice just to make it look a little bit like yeah, they've made, a, fancy it up, made yeah, a cocktail. Not, you know, but let me be careful because that is still a bit hot. But I think it's probably okay to drink. I'll also, it seems it like one of those that would be a really nice remedy for a cold if you've got a cold. I or think you could be mm. right. And also the hot water, when you put it in, it really brings up oh, the that's smell lovely. of the Benedictine. It's very um, gingery. It's got this lovely fieriness mm. to mm. it as well. Oh, but maybe I'm... that's just the herbs and oh, things like that. But you're right about that could soothe you. If you yeah, definitely. The other thing that's just occurred to me, literally, as I've drunk it, I don't see why you couldn't put this in a thermos flask. Oh, absolutely. When you're going on a, going on a, on a little hike. hike. Yeah, <laughs> so next time we're on our cross-country hike, of I, course. I might put some of this in a, in a flask. So that is your actual Benny and Hot. Marvellous. Now, you and I, we've talked a bit, I think, over the last couple of years, but also particularly, I think, on this podcast, we've talked about the fact that whiskey is increasingly 
being found or discovered by us and lots of other people in countries that you don't normally associate yeah, with whiskey. Yeah, and I think that that's true of lots of spirits now, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? You know, you're finding yeah. gins in the Himalayas or whatever, but it's really lovely that you, they're mixing things up like this. I think so, because why not? You mm. know, if you do something with passion and love and it, the end product is great, well, it can come from anywhere. And I think that goes absolutely for whiskey. So... The whiskey I'm suggesting this week is called Storning, and it is a Danish whiskey. Danish whiskey. Danish whiskey. Wow. It's made near a small village, actually called Storning, hence the name. And I think it's got a really interesting backstory. I think it was founded just over 10 years ago, 2011, I think, by nine friends. So these weren't whiskey people at all. And I like this. They're nine friends. It was a doctor, a chef a butcher, a teacher, a helicopter pilot, and four engineers. Wow. And they, okay. They were not mates. What they, you, <laughs> not what you'd really associate with a whiskey, but let's no, go. But they decided to do that. And they, they worked with what they'd got in terms of local ingredients from local farmers. They used, I guess it was, was thanks to the butcher, they used a butchery <laughs> for, for producing their original whiskey. And they launched their first commercial bottle, and you know, since then it's grown, and they've they've launched other ones. They've now got a sort of purpose built distillery, and I saw a photograph of this. It's very Danish in the nicest possible way. You know, really clean design mm, and mm. like you know, minimalist, beautiful fabrics. Beautiful what what wood. intrigues me about this yeah. because most things where you have like a group of friends or different people that want to do their own spirit, they usually start with a gin. And it's just quite yeah, interesting yeah. that they've gone to a whiskey. I want to know more about this, I, I but, you know, we'll find that out yes, in due course. I think that's a really good point. I think there is that thing with gin. You can just do it. get it out yeah. pretty quickly. Whiskey, obviously, you have to have a bit more time involved. But also, I think they make a real point of saying they want to work with the not only the local ingredients, but make it very local. And they talk about the terroir they talk about the fact that they're by the sea so it's very romantic Mm. and i kind of like that Mm. you know i mean that doesn't mean everything's going to be great because it's romantic but i like that sort of backstory so they've made that they've got a range the range itself looking at it looks fabulous as well as things like a rye whiskey they've also got a rye which they finish in vermouth cask Mm. which is kind of interesting because you think of like Ryan vermouth for a Manhattan. So yeah. there's a kind of yeah. logic there. Yeah. So that would be nice to try. Mm. They also have something which they call a new made spirit before it becomes a whiskey. So right. it's that, that yes. long young spirit mm. before it's whiskey. So there's all those interesting things. But I've gone for their single malt whiskey, a, a smoke whiskey. And you might raise your eyebrows. Are you raising your eyebrows? No. No? (laughs) No, because always with smoky whiskey, I can remember going back, I don't know, quite a few years, I really didn't like smoky whiskey at all. I can't, because I came into whiskey much more from bourbon. I always liked those sweeter things. Then Mm. I went on a bit of a journey and that. But over the last few years, I've really started to appreciate smoky whiskey mm. but it's, when it's done well because it can well be not too, too much of face. a yeah, hit yeah. around the chops can't it so i thought i'd take a chance on this i don't mm. know if this is going to be an intense smoky whiskey a subtle smoky oh. whiskey so, so live so and direct this is, i'm just flying you know by the seat of my pants wow. no parachute <laughs> i'm going into a smoky whiskey so let's oh well let me actually i'm going to pass this to you to talk about as well because the bottle i 
really like they've got a few bottles like that. It's very elegant. Again, that nice understated design. Yes. Bit black, but but you the say, illustration. Yes, exactly. So you say understated, but there's a hell of a lot going on. There's a beautiful when you look a bit closer, yeah. illustration. Yeah, that um, lots of line drawings. So this is in a, is it a copper or gold. I can't quite see. But this raised gold illustration that very nicely etched on, on the yeah, bottle. Yeah. So you can see things like the cask. You've got nine friends highlighted. There's trees. There's the butchery is there. Butchery is somebody sailing on a boat and, and, and actually, no, not sailing. They're fishing. Yeah. Um, there's the distillery going on. There's something about the teacher, the curious doctor oh god oh, that's like, amazing so it's really it's lovely clever. but like actually that. the bottle itself is a sort of mix of it sort of starts off quite matte black at the top and then sort of graduates yes yeah. graduates into a clear bottle that you then see this lovely illustration and also the beautiful dark amber of the liquid inside and then in this particular expression which is called smoke there's this, this lovely green label that has all of the essentials all yeah, of the details yeah, so yeah. that's enough of me no, waffling on about the bottle but there's so much on there it's a really great little story yes. that you can see everything it's elegant mm. it's an elegant time. and from a distance you almost think that's an abstract design and it's only when you look a bit closer you realize all those things all you, of those you just elements. Said, all those elements. yeah because actually from where you were before i just thought it was just you know some random things on yeah, there yeah, but yeah, actually right. when you do look at it it is a beautiful beautiful story so we're liking the yes. model i'm just peeling let's hope the, the liquid is as good well, as exactly. the, let's <laughs> the get design the seal off. there we go it's got a hang on is it wonderful there oh, we go the the reassuring pop over the cork. And also quite an easy cork to pop because sometimes they can be a little <laughs> bit tight as we've discovered when we're opening them live. I know, and you see that struggle. Yeah. Well, we see it on each other's faces. Let me pour that out. That's if a nice colour, isn't it? A generous measure there. Mm. In your take. Beautiful they've got colour. a lovely colour, mm. hasn't it? Wow, that's... Uh, Dark amber. Looking welcoming. Really beautiful. Lovely, lovely nose. Mm. very fresh actually it doesn't have that much smoke on the nose to me which well, is good it's funny you say that i i get the smoke on the nose actually i'm getting it now but it reminds but me in a of, nice way it's that you know that when you on a cold winter's night when you're mm. walking mm. through a village and people have got their fires going and mm. you can smell it that's what it reminds me of. It's that smell you yeah. get. Actually, you know, I said that there wasn't much smoke on the nose when I first saw Then I got it. And when uh -huh. you taste this, there is a lot of that embery sort of smoke. Ooh. You know, it's very, this is autumnal. This is a mm. beautiful oh, time to lovely. open this. Because if we've done this in the summer, sure, you can do that. And I think that you could lengthen this and it would be lovely lengthened. But actually to have this right now neat is the perfect time because it has it does conjure up all of the lovely autumnal leaves mm. all of the rugging up in beautiful coats you know those firesides that you're you're mentioning not to say that it's an old duffer's oh, um, whiskey not at all. but not it at has all. got that lovely heat and warmth mm. behind it it's but, beautiful but it's what i like about it and you know holding my hand up as i said earlier but not necessarily always liking smoky whiskeys the smoke is there but i think it's really tempered by a little bit of sweetness 
so the finish i find it mm. this is so delicious it is a very it's wow, very I'm peaty you know because yeah. sometimes i mean i like smoky whiskey yes i know yeah but this one it has got all of the intensity of the smoke but very cleverly controlled mm. i think but it is a big smoke mm. i but, i really yeah. like it i think also what's good it. is on the website They've not been really precious about it. They've, there are a lot of cocktails on the website and a lot of cocktails that feature the smoky whiskey. So if you want to, I think, why not play with this in your favourite whiskey cocktail? Mm. Because it would certainly bring a different dimension yes, to them. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. this is another beautiful one for bonfire night. It really mm. is, or indeed. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> but yeah, I, we love this. It's, um, as I said, it's called Storn in Smoke Single Malt Whiskey. It's 47 percent abv and it comes in at round about 70 pounds for a 70 cl bottle so as ever details on our website thecocktaillovers.com now this drink i would probably save it nearer to christmas right. time but because the company that made it they're called black lines and mm-hmm. um, they first introduced it to their portfolio last year and after running two runs of it, it sold out immediately. Oh, okay. So, so I you're getting in quick. Getting in quick because it's just come out on October the 19th. So there's time to order in time for Christmas or all your seasonal offerings. So mm. as I said, the company is called Black Lines and the drink is called Oatnog. Oatnog. So not eggnog. Not eggnog. Oatnog. Eggnog. Mm, okay. <laughs> No, I like to, I like to make sure I'm getting my facts no, right. No, I here. said I said I, I, do, I do actually make notes when you're talking. Good, but yeah. you didn't pick up on the fact that I did say eggnog instead of oatnog afterwards. But anyway, yes, it is made with oats. They've replaced the dairy with oats. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, oh. and look at this bottle. It's so beautiful. Isn't I it? love it. Have wow. a have a little check yeah, it's, over um, there. It looks. Well, first up, it looks like the sort of, if I wasn't looking at the label, the shape of the bottle, it looks like it's a sort of French red wine sort of yes. bottle. It's sort of chunky. It's got a bit of attitude. But the the, the label is really nice. It's just nice, simple, clean, modern typography. Yeah, they're very much a design wines. company yeah. as oh, well right, as okay. producing, oh, producing and, some oh, great... Also, I've just um, noticed, I, I wondered why you had a bottle opener there. It's got a cap. Yeah, exactly, oh. which is very unusual. So you're unusual. shaking it. That, shaking that it sounds up. like it's an important part of the Yes, because, because it is um, oats. All, it, yes, probably all sediment. settled. And, all and, and one lovely thing about this, you can serve it hot or cold. So we are going into that, that season where you do want some hot drinks. Yeah. You, you may want to have a hot drink. But right now we're going to have it cold. Okay. Well, we had our Benny and hot earlier. Yes, exactly. So, you know, we're mixing it up. So all we do is pour it over ice. Because eggnog is something I really like, but it is you, you always make it. It is a bit of a faff, isn't it, sometimes? It can be. There's some very complicated recipes. I do a, a cold one, which is which is a lot better. The hot one, it does take a long time. But this, I'm just stirring it over the ice. Yeah. Mm. And where's my nutmeg? It looks all rich and creamy. Oh, there goes the nutmeg. Yeah, just to... And they, they recommend serving it with the nutmeg. Yeah, I think that's always worth doing on yeah. those sort of drinks. So, it took... On first glance... I keep yours. reaching over and, and at last you've handed it to me. Great, yeah. thank you. On first glance, it is a bit thinner than I wouldn't associate a, a typical eggnog with. And that's right. usually because it's full of cream and all sorts of... Uh, you know other bits but this is really good because it's for 
vegans can drink this and enjoy. Mm. Um, I haven't had any yet. I'm getting my lovely nutmeg well, on the nose. Well, the nutmeg is, is essential, isn't it, that smell? But going into the actual taste. Yeah, that's nice. It has, as I say, it doesn't have that um, unctuousness that you usually get. And it does finish a little bit cleaner mm. than a typical eggnog. But you're getting all of those lovely, rich spices you know cinnamon nutmeg yeah, it's not just yeah. the nutmeg that i've added they've got nutmeg as well there's also east london rarer rum and uh, minor figures organic barista coffee in here and then cinnamon nutmeg and vanilla so it's um six percent abv mm. so there's no dairy in this at all nope Wow. No, it's, it it's the oats. Really yeah. Well and oats, substitute. when you think about it, they do have this creaminess, don't mm. they? So it's a lovely way. Also, for me, because it's not that I'm lactose intolerant, but I do get that mm. thing sometimes yeah. with, with cream and, and milk. So for me, this doesn't leave that horrible. I don't know, you know, that cloying yeah, thing yeah. that you can get. I think, the, and the flip side to, to that is, I like that creaminess mm. in, in certain drinks. But do you miss it in here? No, well, I was going to say, mm. yes, I agree that it's not quite as thick and unctuous. Having said that, it has really nice mouth. Yeah, and it's got yeah. all of the characteristics that you associate with an eggnog. So, yeah. you know, without all of the, the nasties, I would mm. say. So it is five 150 ml serves in a bottle. And the bottle is 750 ml and it comes in at 20 pounds. And for every bottle sold, they're going to be donating five meals to Londoners through the Felix Project, which helps homeless people. So that is, you know, you're doing a really, really good thing by buying this. And we really hope that it does sell out because it means that we're feeding hungry Londoners. So please go to Black Lines, their website. It's also available in Selfridges, but we'll put all of the information up on our website and our Instagram feed. So that is the Oatnog by Black Lines. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. Hello, I'm Alex Francis, the director of bars at Little Red Door. And my cocktail hack is a simple way to create lower ABV versions of the drinks you love is simply reverse around the ratios of the base ingredients. So for example, a martini, if you're typically having it six to one, swap it around one part gin, six parts vermouth. It's an incredibly refreshing, light ABV, low ABV drink or for drinks like old fashions where the ratios don't necessarily flip split the bases with something like a fortified wine or an amaro that has a lower abv to create a softer more subtle version of the drink you know Okay, one of our little adventures took us to Manchester. Yep. You know, we're trying our best not to just feature London bars. However wonderful London bars are, we are trying now that we can to travel and highlight some of our other fantastic bars that either up and down the country or around or the world. Around the world. So yeah. closer to home is Manchester, which we went yeah. to a couple of weeks ago. We did. And we've been so looking forward to doing this, to highlighting some of the bars that are around Manchester. But the first one that we're going to highlight, another one coming soon, 
The first one is Sterling Bar, which is by Joe and Dan Schofield. The Schofield Brothers. The Schofield Brothers, which they've opened up at the Stock Exchange Hotel in Manchester. Yeah, and it's uh, we should just say about the hotel itself. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely beautiful hotel. As you may have guessed, it's called the Stock Exchange because it used to be the Stock Exchange. Mm. So there's lots of original features, but it's a listed building, so they've been very tastefully uh, handled. So it's a beautiful hotel. And there is this beautiful bar. Yes, exactly. So let's just first start. The hotel is now owned by Gary Neville, famous footballer. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he owns it. Oh. Well, it's his own. Wow. Yeah, he's Blimey. the one. And he's, Way to go, Gary. Absolutely. He's <laughs> yeah. no fool, actually, yeah. because as we say, the hotel is amazing and we did stay there. And one of the things that I must say before we get onto the bar, I loved all of the details there. It's just like all of these beautiful fittings. Everything about it has been done to really, really high yeah, degree. There's lots of original features. <clears throat> there's lots of lovely bits of photography of when it was uh, working as a as a the stock exchange, and I also like getting back to the bar. You enter through the great big vault, vault door. Yeah. I mean, when I say great big, I'm not. I know I can be prone to exaggeration, <laughs> but this, this is like I don't know what was it about ten feet high or something, and the door is still there. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's great. Looks amazing. So it's it's on it's downstairs. Yeah, in um, the basement. In the basement, yeah. and it's a beautiful. Five-star bar, but different. It has got a lovely, relaxed feel about it, I yeah, would say. Yeah, they've hit the sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything from even the uniforms of the, the staff. Because yeah, you immediately, were really taken by those, Yes, because you? You, yeah. you immediately, first of all, you think that they're white-jacketed like they have at the Savoy, which is a lovely look. Mm-hmm. But what I loved about it, they, they relaxed that look by having it as waistcoats. So they're tailored white waistcoats and they've got their white shirts underneath so it has that formality of the five star but there's this lovely relaxed elegance about it and I loved that detail I just thought that in a way that said everything about the bar that you needed to know yeah Yeah. absolutely Mm. so we walk straight to the front of the bar as you do right to (laughs) our prime spot at the bar wherever possible yeah but the the actual room itself is really lovely it's very nicely laid out there's lots of high stools there's lots of low seatings it's all green leather very plush nice and dark dimly yeah. lit and very what, sexy and what they did really well which i think it's always hard to do in bars of different sizes is it's it's not a tiny bar it's not a huge bar it's medium size hundred seaters yeah yeah but uh, it could seem with the wrong furniture, it could seem a bit uh, austere. vast or austere. Mm. But they've used the sections with these, as you said, raised stalls, raised bonquettes to kind of create almost like little sections that were zones. So it never feels like there's going to be tumbleweed blowing across no, the floor. No, absolutely. Really nice. And also they have live music there. So that also adds yeah. to the adds to the whole thing. And and not only what I loved as well, not only is the, the room designed beautifully, but I love the way that the back bar is designed because there's lots of space for the bartenders to to create. Yeah, you, you can know. tell it's been designed by bartenders. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's really, really good. So all of that, we love all of these details. And we had a wonderful server, Yadne Fernandez, yeah, yeah. we have to say. He was amazing. Really, Lovely just smile. that right. Yes, yeah. beautiful smile, really great service. 
Joe was there, the Schofield brothers, and the whole team were really lovely and engaging. And uh, we had a nice array of drinks. What should we talk about Well, first? first up, I mean, it would be rude not to mention the fact there was a dry martini on offer. Ah, and yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and knowing, Joe knowing that our favourite Friday tipple is dry martini with fish and chips. So he elevated that for us. Yes. So we had a welcoming dry martinis with I think it was the calamari yes, and yes. some fries. Yeah, really which nice. Which worked a treat. Yes, it was exactly. a really well done classic dry martini. So we were happy straight away. Mm. And then the the menu is cleverly divided into classics and then the there's another page with the Schofields contemporary yeah. cocktails. And we tried something from each. Yes, I oh, had yeah. a Martinez. Mm-hmm. which was Roku Gin, Astley Brothers Estate Vermouth. That's something that the Schofields also have a hand in. They're very clever, those brothers. Some maraschino and orange bitters. And that was amazing. Really, really lovely. Beautiful classic drink. Really served well. It made me feel like a superstar. Big tick for me. <laughs> and meanwhile, I had a Gimlet, another favourite drink of mine. And this was made with Kenobi gin, lime and caster sugar. And what struck me is I'm a bit old school sometimes with gimlets. I like them with lime cordial. And sometimes I've had them with lime juice and they can be a bit too sharp and not smooth. But this is perfectly balanced with the lime and the and the sugar. And it was an absolutely tip-top Gimlet, I really loved it. Mm. And then from their own creations, there's some really nice choices there. There's the Fuji San, which is Patron Silver with Shisho, Cucumber and Lime. Um, Chicago Lightning, which is Rabbit Hole Bourbon. Which is what I had. Ah, yeah. did you? I did. Indeed, okay, yeah. well, I'll leave you to describe that one. I had the one. Chicago Lightning, which is one of their creations, which is, as you say, Rabbit Hole Bourbon, Campari Orange Curacao, and Astley Brothers Estate Vermouth. Mm. Um, and that was it was I, I tried to avoid using the word complex, um, but it was a complex drink in the best possible way. There was so much going on. You know that when you sip a drink and, and then you, you want to discover and then you go back and then you keep going back. And every time you have a sip, it feels like it's giving you something extra. Yeah. And that's what I felt about that. So Chicago Lightning, I enjoyed very yeah, much. It was a tough choice for me to decide what I wanted because. There was the last call, which is Ron, Ron Santiago de Cuba, pear, ginger, lime, and soda, or the roller coaster, which actually that had a bit too much um, sort of creamy action going on, but it was intriguing. So it was um, Seven Tails XO brandy, coffee, white chocolate, cream, tonka bean. In the end, I went for the butterscotch, which was butterscotch, butter, singleton 12 scotch lemon and egg white so a nice sort of soury type thing going Mm. on really nice really good and I think that that's something that most people could appreciate it was a nice sort of whiskey sour but really elevated yeah yeah like everything there yeah and all the all the drinks they just they are presented in a real five-star way there's not too much fancy garnish going on the glassware is beautiful the preparation when you're watching the TV oh, and stuff, yeah. everything was on point. And then your drink just arrives in front of you and you're so happy. Also, the other thing I would mention Talk about the is, food. Actually, just before we get to the food, mm. one other thing I was going to mention in the menu, there's a little section with a QR code. And if you scan that QR code, it opens up on your phone another menu, which is their sort of drinks made with vintage oh, ingredients. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So that thing, if you're on a... 
celebration or yeah. a date or you just think i'm worth it you i'm can a get, baller yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can find that menu by scanning the qr code yes. and uh, welcome into another world and also we didn't say this at the beginning because i suppose sometimes quite wrongly we assume people know who people are yeah but with joe and dan Schofield, they the reason that they are so well equipped to do this five-star hotel bar offering is because they have trained in some of london's best five-star Star hotel bars, so and Joe, internationally, and international, internationally. So between them, they've worked at the Savoy in London. They've been at Coupette. They've been at the Tippling Club in Singapore, and also one of our favourites in Paris, Little Red Door. So they have a lot of this know-how. So it's not just about five star. They know about high volume. They know they just know service. Yeah, and, and they know their drinks. They do. And uh, interestingly, you say that because I think we talked about. They've written a very good book, yes. which, which we talked about on, I think, one of the very first episodes yes. of this podcast. Um, and their drinks, and they got a real respect for classic yes. cocktails. So they they know their classics inside out, but they're always happy to sort of twist things up a little. So, yeah, they know their stuff. Right. And so before we food. sign off, we have to talk about the food, because as well as um, being clever, this Mr. Neville getting yeah. the Schofields in the bar. Yeah. He's also got um, Tom Kerridge in the kitchen yeah. upstairs. There's love a lovely his, his restaurant, yeah. but also downstairs on the bar snacks, there's some beautiful bar food, which we love. So oh, God, we had a yeah. few of these. We had the truffle cheese gougeurs, mm. pig cheek pig, croquette which, with, with date with, brown with sauce. With date brown mm, sauce. Mm, mm, yeah. that oh, was... <laughs> oh, God, I'm getting hungry remembering that. And then, of course, we had the lovely salt and pepper squid with the lemon and garlic mayonnaise and some Korean glazed buttermilk chicken bites. So, oh, anything on this list is great. And all absolutely perfect with your cocktails. Like we were just sitting at the bar. You've no need to go. You can go to Tom's Restaurant if you like. You're getting a bit of Tom's Restaurant in the bar. Yeah, exactly. And the drinks are around, what, 13, 14 pounds? Yeah, they were uh, 12.50 to 14.50. And there's some uh, non-alcs at nine pounds. Yes, Mm. yes. And the the food is from 9.50 to about 12.50. And don't forget the Schofield's own champagne because we tasted this. They've got a separate wine room. Yes, yes. Which, um, because one of the partners in, in this space, they have partnered up with James Brandwood. He's the wine expert. So yeah. there's a really good wine offer in here too. But they also have this wine room that you can book out. It's a private Really intimate, room. probably really lovely. 10 or 12 people. Max. Yes. Yeah. And and they also have the Schofield's own champagne, which we mm. urge you to have by the yeah. glass. Or if you're feeling fancy, the bottle. It's absolutely beautiful. So that's reason number one to visit Manchester. Reason number two we'll be revealing later, which is the Schofield's own bar. But in the meantime... Do get down there and check out Sterling Bar. Absolutely top class stuff. Absolutely. Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most awarded distillery, is proudly supporting Movember by launching the Great Movember Giveaway. The Great Movember Giveaway marks Buffalo Trace's commitment to the Movember Foundation, sharing values of the importance of honest conversations about challenging the status quo of men's health and never letting them go it alone. 
This free-to-enter competition has a number of incredible prizes up for grabs, including a Buffalo Trace Barbecue School experience, which features a four-hour barbecue session hosted by pitmaster Jack Rowbottom, bottles of Buffalo Trace and Eagle Rare, donation options and lots more. And to top it all off, all donation prizes won through the giveaway will be matched in value by Buffalo Trace. And if that wasn't enough, you could be in with the chance of winning the trip of a lifetime to the US by heading down to your leading retailer and, subject to availability, purchasing a promotional bottle of Buffalo Trace before visiting winwithbuffalotrace.co.uk to redeem your unique code. So what are you waiting for? The competition is now open and running to the 31st of December. To enter, head to movember.winwithbuffalotrace.co.uk And keep your eyes peeled when visiting your local watering holes as over 50 bars across the UK will be running a series of activations and serving plentiful Buffalo Trace old fashions with a moustache-shaped orange peel twist. As we've mentioned before, there's quite a few new recipe books out at the moment. Yeah, there's been quite a few coming in. Really, really have. And in the past two episodes, we've referenced two great um, cocktail books by London-based drinks writers. And, And this one is the third. It is called The Cocktail Edit. And it's everything you need to know about how to make all the drinks that matter. And it's by Alice Lassels, mm-hmm. who is an award-winning journalist. And um, she writes for the Financial Times. And she does all sorts of great stuff. And we have actually mentioned one of her books on a previous episode before. That was called Ten Cocktails. Yes. She um, starts off by saying it's for all those who tend bar at their kitchen table. So immediately, you know, this is yeah. for home bartenders like us, people who love mixing up a drink to celebrate occasions with friends at home on a Friday evening, doing all of that good stuff that we love in the bars, but sometimes you want to do at home. Yeah. So the book itself is beautiful. Gary's just flicking through it. Yeah. Really lovely. I like the cleanness of it. Brilliant. It's yeah. There's something very um, pared back. So all of the words are in it. It's not... Um, overly wordy no, i would it's say not, it's not a challenging read no absolutely you can just dip into it, yeah and so nice. that makes it even clearer and more easy to navigate it keeps the design deliciously clean and pared back and then it also allows the photography by laura edwards to shine through the the photography is beautiful yes I think. it is it's very clean it's got a little bit of a lifestyle vibe. yeah it clean. has i yeah. really really do enjoy just to look at it let alone to read it so yeah. what's inside you may ask what's well inside? <laughs> well it's the first 80 pages or so are dedicated to the ingredients tools and techniques required for making recipes and they're all based on 12 classic cocktail recipes and the bottles that Alice uses most. So they include gin, dry and red vermouth, bourbon or rye, um, Campari, cognac, rum, triple sec, tequila, you know, those sort of... All the kind of essential. Essential. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. she does have some other other ingredients as well. But she does nice little descriptions on these choices, plus why her preferred choices as well. 
And also she she advocates it. It's not about spending a lot of money, but just getting the ingredients right. So she gives you enough knowledge to to build your own cocktail library. So in a way, I mean, it's not different to many cocktail books in that way that you get all of those tips and tricks up front, but she spends a little bit more time on that. So she doesn't rush to get into the recipe. She takes a bit of time to explain it and also to give you the confidence, I think, to to go on and then explore. Yeah, I I think that's really important as well, because I know I've said before that thing with a lot of uh, cocktail books, I'm one of those people, I do tend to dive straight dive to the recipes to, yes. but i think certain times is a good idea to make yourself read the intro because then you get inside the the thinking of the author yeah exactly how they're approaching what they do exactly and she's very friendly but there's also a firmness there do you know what i mean mm. so you actually do listen to the authoritative side yeah, of her yeah. i think and then there's lots of little tips like things on how to adjust your cocktails if they're too weak or if they're too strong or too sweet so it's it, it's giving you that sort of chefy knowledge that sometimes you just want to know oh my god i've got this a little bit strong so it's just you know That's stir it down rather do than things just like throwing that. it away and starting again and yes, wasting a lot of money exactly yeah. exactly and and then there's things for a nice um running order that i like about how to make a cocktail so it starts with chilling your glassware first and you know things like that so you know the running order of how to do it and then also things like batching and bottling and creating cocktails for crowds Mm. so that's all good and then the next section we get into the meat and potatoes the bit (laughs) that you like the best which is about the the recipes so they're divided into 12 chapters i would say 12 mini chapters and each one of those is based on a drink so you get something like martini say right and then it gives you six variations on a martini so that would include as well as the classic recipe you get something like a vespa and a martinez on the negroni there's a watermelon negroni and a bourvardier you know different things like that yeah, so yeah. it's just like okay so you've mastered the main ingredient this is what That's you can nice. do with you can it. go on a little bit of a yeah and 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 also it just says that so once you've got those 12 you can make about 100 different cocktails you know so there's things i'll break them down so there's negroni gin sour manhattan margarita spritz gimlet whiskey sour Um, call tom cobbley and all sorry what (laughs) (laughs) pardon um and then and then uh, apart from those 12 there's another little section on drinks everyone should make once in their life which includes things like shaky peach ginger brew which we had in our last episode and then things like the hanky panky as well which we've also featured so it's a really nice book i i really love it it's nice hardback and you see here there's an scan for an exclusive bonus content which we haven't even Ooh. done Ooh. a little qr code on yeah. the back of it nice hardback beautiful as i say there's something about the layout that really appeals to me i just love that um i don't know the look of it and feel of it is great and also it is a really really good read so this is one that i would recommend start getting for yourself for christmas but also for cocktail lovers yeah. in your it's life good, yeah we're getting into gifting season and yeah this, this exactly like build, exactly so yeah. this is by hardy grant quadrille 16.99 and it's the cocktail edit everything you need to know about how to make all the drinks that matter by alice lassels
Stanos Prunaris has been a bartender for over 20 years. He founded Barba O Rum, a leading rum and cocktail venue in Athens, Greece, in 2009, since when it's been a regular on the world's 50 best bars list, this year at number 20. Just across the street from this fantastic bar, he also opened the speciality coffee and cocktail-inspired pastry shop in Love Again. He's the co-organiser of the annual Athens Rum and Whiskey Festival and publishes Fine Drinking, an international cocktail and travel magazine. As a renowned rum and cocktail expert, Thanos travels the world participating in festivals and judging the most prestigious cocktail competitions. He's also guest bartended in nearly 50 different countries. Clearly a very busy man. So we're delighted he's taken time out today to join us on the Cocktail Lovers podcast. Thanos, welcome. Hello, everybody. Hello, Sandra. Hello, Gary. I'm very happy to be here with you tonight. We're so happy to, yeah, we're so happy to have you join us. You're one of our favourites and you know that. So let's just start, first of all, by putting it all in context for the people that know you, but also some that may not know you. Tell us a bit about you and how you got into bartending. Actually, I got into bartending when I was in London in 1999. Oh. And I was, yeah, yeah, I moved to London for a year. You know, I was experienced the world around. So I came here with a lady, with a young lady, to explore the big city of Europe. And it was a dream back then. And um, I found a job at the Covent Garden Brasserie. Now it's not allowed, it's not uh, existed anymore. Uh, But it was, I remember it was uh, in front of the square, exactly. It was a magical thing for me. And then I started to work as a waiter and as a bartender and as a barista as well, all, all these things, you know, uh, in a place in St. James Park, which uh, it was called St. James Park Restaurant, Cafe, Bar, something like that. I don't remember exactly. So I was, um, one, uh, one afternoon, I was wandering around the London markets and I found in front of me the class magazine. Yeah, and when I saw it, you know, it was like, I feel that that was my lucky day. That was my lucky day that uh, changed a lot of things. I read about some things. I said, wow, that's very interesting. So then I returned back to Athens. I went to um, a bar called Inoteca back then, a very popular, let's say, alternative style bar. I came into and I found the manager there saying, hello, I'm looking for a job. I just uh, returned from London. Okay, you're hired. <laughs> that was his, uh, That's all you had to then, say in those days, isn't it? In 99, yes. Uh, Athens, it was the days that uh, it really wanted as a city to be, you know, to be one with the rest of the Europe. So um, if you had this experience to live and work in London back then, it still is. Back then, it was very much appreciated. So I found my first job in 99. Fantastic. Uh, and can you tell us, what was the bar scene like in Athens in 1999? It was very vivid, very alive. Not that much into cocktails. Like all the world, I believe, except London, maybe, back in 99. But I remember that in, in that place, at that bar called Inoteca, we were had a lot of uh, orders about mojitos and capirinhas. So that was a good start, I believe. Yes, fantastic. So for listeners who haven't been to Athens yet, and they may, some people are still surprised to hear that it is such a great cocktail capital. 
Tell us about the bar scene there now. I'm really very interested about how people who never been to Athens, uh, what, what's the idea of Athens in general about the, in these people? <laughs> like, uh, what do they think? Yeah, Athens, it's a, it's a metropolis. It's a very complicated city. It's not an easy one. It has all the big problems of a big metropolis. But also, on the other hand, it's also very alive and vivid with a lot of young people around. And a lot, maybe more than uh, what we need, bars and restaurants and cafes. <laughs> so it's really a big bar and coffee metropolis, I will say. And um, following that, let's say the updated cocktail scene it's very much updated. <laughs> so we have a, um, a lot, I would say, really nice advanced cocktail bars, uh, not only in the city center, but also in the suburbs. So for someone who visits Athens for the first time, and he's a cocktail connoisseur, he just had to be very patient and go around and he found uh, big surprises. Definitely, we have, definitely. And tell us about your two bars, because you have got two fabulous bars that we're so happy that we've been to several times. But can you describe them to our listeners? Sure. First one is Babo Ram. We opened in 2009. It's a rum and cocktail society, as we call it, a rum bar and a cocktail society, or the House of Spirits. It's, um, it's a place in downtown Athens, a place that Athenians really love it. It's now the 14th year of operation. Um, it's an open air, very easy going, not open air, excuse me, uh, airy, I will say, and very easy going uh, hub uh, that everybody um, uh, is welcome. But they always have to remember that they have to be under the Babo Ram umbrella because the bar has a great personality and we want to keep that all the years. So it's a cocktail bar, very alive. We have uh, great music as well. Sometimes live, most of the times with a DJ, or I will call him a music curator, with mostly old school music, like 50s, 60s, 70s, soul jazz, uh, funk, uh, rock and roll, and sometimes electronic music. We're opening everything. Uh, the other place is just off Baboram. It's called In Love Again. It's relatively new, only one year, and it's a pastry shop. But uh, all the pastries are cocktail inspired. So we have, you know, like the Mai Tai Pai, the, um, yeah, the spicy baba. The, yeah, all these uh, beautiful pastries, which are, the ideas come from cocktails and also specialty coffee. And I'd like to tell to the people that they will visit Athens, that Athens is a big specialty coffee city as well. Athenians love uh, coffee and can find really great places if you love coffee. You're making me hungry talking about pastries and cocktails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to say that, uh, you know, we are people of gastronomy. So drinks, cocktails, coffee, food, pastry art, all this for me is one thing. Yeah. Because all uh, have to do with the taste, with the aromas, with our palate. Yeah, because also I remember in Barbara, um, you know, you're very big on design and art. Your your menus always look very creative as well. You know, the, not only the content, but the, the design of them. That's something I think you feel very strongly about. Yeah, we love art. We want to be an artistic place. We have a concept uh, in modern art, uh, according to our menus. And most of uh, our, our menus, our cocktail menus are divided into two sections. The one is the Ram Society, which uh, you, you understand what it's about. I don't have to tell. And the other is the avant-garde cocktails, which are all the other not-rum cocktails. 
and all of this they have um, an inspiration to modern art. Yeah, because the, the art theme does run through all of the things that you do, from the magazine to the lovely shop that you have with some gorgeous artworks as well. So who do you work with on the art and why is it so important to you? I work, I have a permanent uh, um, guy called Costas Theohares. He's a professional illustrator and painter. And we work uh, everything with him together. He knows me very well. I know him very well. So we come up together with many projects. Wonderful. And just going back briefly, Thanos, you know, talking about Athens in general, um, in, and you were talking about in 1999 and what the scene was like then and obviously the scene now. What, what do you put it down to that has made Athens into such a great cocktail city because it's somewhere that we love and we champion and we we encourage people to go to but what do you think changed what actually happened that made it become such a great cocktail center I really don't know I don't know what to say about that <laughs> maybe it just happened uh, I would say one thing that the Greeks are famous for this they are able for the best and for the worst and about that, you can see the football that we won the the Euro once. And after that, we lost twice from Faroe Islands. So these are the Greeks, yeah. <laughs> but the Greeks are creative. And despite what all the people, most of the people believe, they work very hard. And they have this thing that we call, uh, sometimes we call it Meraki, and which is a word that uh, describes the passion that we have about uh, something. And, uh, and the love we give to what we do. Wonderful. So, you know, we, from the name of your bar, everyone can tell that you're synonymous with rum. But you've also worked with um, some other Greek bartenders on this fabulous spirit, which we have reviewed on this podcast before, called O Purist. Can you explain it? Talk to us about the project and the spirit itself. Sure, sure I can. Uh, o Purist, uh, I love it. O Purist is a tzipuro. Tsipuro is a spirit category. It's a traditional one. We have it in Greece since, uh, I don't know, ages, <laughs> hundreds of ages. <laughs> but um, it was always a kind of a traditional uh, spirit. That means that if you enter a bar and ask for a Tsipuro, you'll never find one. So we decided that uh, it's about time to change this because it's a great spirit. It comes from uh, the grapes. You can say it's relative to Pisco, to Grappa, or something like that, but we really don't want to say that. We want to say that it's Tsipuro. So uh, what we've done is, under the uh, directions of a brilliant lady, which is the um, distiller, the master distiller, 10 Greek bartenders from all over the world, we gather together and we work to come up with the Tsipuro that it will be great for a mixologist for a, a modern cocktail bar and to create uh, new concoctions with this, new cocktails, drinks, ways to, to enjoy Tsipuro. How would you actually describe, and that's hard to do, but how would you describe the, the flavour or the, the enjoyment of this uh, O-Purist you know, before you even put it in a cocktail, if I was drinking it neat? First, I, I, I'd like to tell that it's not aged, yeah? yeah. and it has uh, a lot of herbs in it kind of mint, anise, but not like ouzo or like uh, pastis. A lot of citruses. So it's kind of fresh, flowery, minty, and herbal. 
Wonderful. Because also people are now starting to get associated with another Greek spirit, which is mastika. So where it's, yeah, so it's becoming part of everybody's vocabulary. So we're really happy about that, which is fantastic. Mastika is unique, really. It's fantastic and unique. The flavor, it's really unique. So keeping on the theme of all things Greek and Athens, next week is the Athens Bar Show, which is... Oh, the Athens Bar Show. Yeah, so <laughs> that's another be. big event on the cocktail oh my calendar, God. hasn't it? It's, the it's, Athens Bar Show is coming. It's, <laughs> to it's going to be crazy again. Yeah, it's one of my favourites, actually. It's one of our favourites yeah. because we love the combination of the indoor and outdoor things. And for people that are going to be in Athens at the time, And apart from coming to your two bars, what would you recommend that they do other than being at the show? Yeah, definitely they have to bring their swimming wears, swimming suits. Oh, <laughs> the weather's okay. going to be great. I went to the beach like four days ago. It was fantastic. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The weather will be great. The city will be in a, in a nice mood, I believe. Uh, all the restaurants, bars, everything is going to be... Buzzing. The art spaces is going to be buzzing. Yeah, beautiful. So there are many nice bars. Um, do you want me to talk about bars or other things? I think bars will be nice for our for our listeners, and then maybe a couple of other things that they can do when they're not drinking. Yeah, except the, the very famous bars like the Clumsies, uh, Line, uh, the bar in front of the bar, uh, Baro Negro. There's some other nice bars like the bar called Nine, very close to Babaram, one bar that I really appreciated. But it's also, I will, um, I will advise the people to visit the bar called Galaxy, which is the second oldest bar in Athens. It's very close to Baboram. It's an old school bar. No music, um, different style. Really, the people really need to go there. And um, another thing, maybe except the cocktail bars, will be the wine bars. Yes. And yeah, yes. there in downtown, in the center, we have a couple or more of great wine bars with some great sommeliers in there and uh, some food. So like Innocent, like Heteroclito bars, beautiful places. Also very close. It's uh, the Athens Hall Market, something that you really uh, have to visit. Because inside, you know, all markets are almost everywhere in Europe. But the good thing in almost all these markets is the food that you can find. <clears throat> like the small restaurants that they are located in these markets. And you can sit there with the locals and enjoy the food. This is something uh, unique. Also, the coffees, the coffee shops, oh, like yeah. the Old Dog and some other nice ones around. They have great coffee. The Old Dog has some, I don't know, he has like five world champions in coffee competitions or something like that. And of course, in Love Again, we have great coffee. But um, for the people that they don't really know Athens, very close to downtown, it's the old town, which is called Plaka, uh, just below Acropolis. It's a very beautiful place to stroll around. And there is a nice old school cafe called Yasemi or Jasmine, which I strongly recommend them to visit it, to have a different experience. Brilliant. Some great recommendations. Yeah, there. exactly. And it's nice to have some other things other than the bars. So thank you for that. And You're so welcome. <laughs> and also, we can't forget the Athens Rum and Whiskey Festival, which you put on. That's later this year. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, that will be the fifth edition. After two years, we didn't do it because of COVID. That will be on December 9th and 10th, just before Christmas. 
So we are back for the fifth time. It's the Athens Rum and Whiskey Festival. Um, I would say it's uh, it's good. The last one had about 2,000 visitors, all of them very high quality. Some of the things we do is that we have the premium lounge, which uh, the companies are ready to exhibit and give to the people the, the chance to taste some very rare or expensive rums and whiskies. You have to pay a little bit more to enter, but it's really worth. And of course, some nice parties that we're going to have at the bars and at Baba Ram. That's it. It's going to be in a very beautiful old mansion, very centrally in the central square of Sidagma. And is it for consumers as well as as It's mostly for consumers, right, I will perfect. say. Perfect. So we'll put the details in um, our show notes as well so people can find out about that. And one other thing we'd love to ask you about, Thanos, is, you know, you are a world-renowned rum expert. And um, for our listeners who are perhaps on a journey and just getting into rum, could you give us a few sort of suggestions, recommendations of some of your favourite bottles for people to try and also some of your favourite rum cocktails? Sure. Uh, I have to tell you that if you come to my house in Athens, the most expensive thing that you will find is a a bottle of rum from Jamaica. I'm not going to say the brand, but this is the most expensive thing I have. So if any beggars ever come into, I believe they will never understand. So say, well, what house is that? What apartments are they? They have nothing. So, but I have some nice rums in it. Jamaican rums. I love them. If you find any Jamaican rums, people, go ahead and take them. Real Jamaican rums. And now I was in a taxi and the taxi driver was from Guyana from South America, and he was very exciting that they, uh, I knew the world Demerara, which is the, the big river in Guyana, and of course it's the place that all the sugar canes came up and all the rams are produced back then. So rams from Guyana as well, if you find any bottles or Barbados. Soon we hope we'll have, um, we will give you the chance to have a nice bottle from Greece. Oh. But we'll see. We are not ready yet to announce anything. Oh, oh. you expect you that? Are. Yeah, you expect that? Yeah. Yes, that's uh, fantastic. <laughs> Keep us posted. Fantastic. Yeah, sure. I will. I will. And then, what about cocktails? Just some simple cocktails that people can make for themselves at home. Oh, I would talk about rum and most, let's say, summery cocktails. Daiquiris. Mm. Daiquiris are the are the kings. Very easy to make, even at home. You take some rum, you can add a cu- like a couple of shots. You squeeze half lemon, a little bit of sugar. You shake well with ice, and that's it. But also, I'm a big fan of the Manhattans and the dry martinis, those classic drinks. Actually, tell us, because you say Manhattan, but there's, is there like a variation, a rum kind of Manhattan you could we could make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do whatever you like, actually. You can have... Um, any aged spirit, you can make a great Manhattan with Calvados. You can make a great Manhattan with Metaxa, an aged one. And of course, with rum, take a great uh, dry rum. It can be from Cuba, Jamaica, Barbados, uh, with uh, a little bit aged. And mix it with some uh, red vermouth, like two parts rum, one part vermouth a couple of uh, dashes of aromatic bitters, 
You can find them everywhere. Or if you want, you can change them and put whatever you like, any any other beaters. It's up to you, so you're going to be a mixologist yourself. <laughs> Steer them with ice and serve with no ice. In there, you can add whatever you like. Wonderful. To be a mixologist is not that easy, but it's not that difficult. <laughs> if you cook a little bit, if you're a cook, you can make it, believe me. Fantastic. Absolutely. So it's great to share the love with our listeners. And it's wonderful for you to also to express all of the wonderful creativity, love and craftsmanship that is in Athens and all of Greece, actually, but particularly in Athens, which is a place very close to our hearts. So we look forward to seeing you at the Athens Bar Show next week. And we also hope that our listeners will come and visit you in Athens very soon. I'm looking forward to see you again in Athens, really. It's always a pleasure when I have you there. And I'm really looking forward to seeing new people in Athens, your audience. Uh, come to Athens, it's a great city. The people are very friendly, it's safe, it's not expensive, uh, it's sunny. And if it's not sunny, it doesn't matter. We have sunny smiles. So, yeah, this is Athens. Thank you so much, that's great. Thank, Thank you, you Thanos. Thanos. The latest issue of the Cocktail Lovers magazine is available now. As always, we're looking at the people, places, products and much, much more that we're loving in the cocktail world. To get your print or digital copy, simply visit thecocktaillovers.com magazine.